0: And with us today, we've got uh, the doctor. Aloha. And sound guy, Tom. Check one, two, check one, two. And apparently, producer Joe got lost on the way to the studio, so he is not with us tonight.
1: And we're joined by two more special, special guests. Special, special guests. And usually that would be a mistake, and Tom would clean that up for me, but not tonight. Talent, would you like to introduce our special, special team's guests?
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, So, hey, football may be over, but it isn't for I Like Beer, the podcast. We are having our first annual football special teams episode tonight, and we have two distinguished guests that we're very excited to have here. Uh, First, we have Colin Riccatelli. Thanks for having me. Colin played here locally. He's a local boy, played at Carlsbad High School, uh, played football there, uh, was a kicker and punter. Uh, And then uh, upon his graduation, he went up to Stanford University. You may have heard of that one. And played uh, there for uh, four years and upon his graduation there, entered the transfer portal and and was a grad transfer to Rice University in um, Houston, uh, where he was the starting kicker this past year during COVID. And he still actually has a couple years of eligibility, so we're looking for some big things from him in the future. Welcome, Colin. Yeah, welcome, Colin. Thank you. We've got our college uh, special teams player. And then we also are very fortunate to have another local legend here, uh, Jake Bailey. Jake, welcome. Thanks for having me. So Jake is another local legend. Actually played locally here at Santa Fe Christian High School. In fact, I watched a game uh, in Jake's senior year when they played Carlsbad. And Jake, hands down, was probably the best player in that game uh, with his (laughs) punts and kicks. It was pretty impressive to watch. You guys had Jordan Perez. He was the best player by far. <laughs> yeah, we had Jordan Press. But I guess what I'm saying on your team, because I thought it was really funny how your coach in that game played the field position game with you. Uh, I was like, if, if anything where he thought you could get a uh, a field goal, into, at least into the end zone, he was going to go for it give it a shot. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty fun to watch. But anyways, Jake then also went on to uh, Stanford University as well, had a distinguished career there. And then in uh, 2019, he was drafted by the New England Patriots in the fifth round. And so uh, he just actually finished his second season in the NFL with the New England Patriots. And I, I've got some numbers here, and it's pretty impressive. I know Jake doesn't like to kind of talk about his stats, but I'll do it for him real quick here. So he averaged 45.6 net punt yards this year, which was tops in the NFL. Um, and it actually was a single-season Patriots record. Ooh. Uh, so that's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, really, that's, pretty, that's amazing. Um, and he also placed 31 punts inside the 20-yard line, which was the second most in franchise history behind his own mark of 36 in 2019. <laughs> so and then he and then to top all of that off he was selected to the 2020 Pro Bowl this year which is unbelievable fantastic and then on top of that he was also selected to the 2020 AP All-Pro first team and that made him actually the first Patriots punter to earn first team All-Pro honors since that team was founded in 1960. So distinguished guests, some distinguished special teamers here. So Jake, we're real excited to have you and congratulations. Welcome. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah.
3: And I taught him everything he knows.
0: There you go.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Not even close to as distinguished as Colin is. There you go. My (laughs) master student over there.
1: (laughs) Folks, we're friends who love good beer and telling stories. So we turned it into a podcast.
0: Again, as we said, we are a special teams podcast tonight. That's
1: right. Teachers by day, beer drinkers by night, and we're lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, California. Beer Mecca within a beer Mecca. So please pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar
0: stool, and join us. And of course, please find and follow us on social media at I Like Beer the Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I Like Beer the Po one, and I Like Beer the Ta one on Twitter. And our newly updated website. Check it out. Sign up for a quarterly newsletter.
1: It just went out, but if you sign up, I will make sure you get the newsletter too. And you're not gonna want to miss it because it's got pictures of Doc's bidet. Oh, and and not just pictures of the style bidet. This is actually your bidet, correct, Doc? You sent me that. Oh, that is
4: yes. Yep. It's clean too. It's clean.
1: It's sparkly.
4: (laughs) Squeaky clean. It's squeaky clean.
1: And you can check out the gallery of other pictures, places we've been, and people we've talked to. You read our book blog learn more about us. I like beer, the podcast.com.
0: And then again, don't forget you can virtually toast and drink with us on untapped. Uh, we're pretty easy to find. Just look for us at our, under. I like beer, the podcast.
1: When you listen, follow, subscribe, comment, share, help us build our podcast. That's how we get to go to more breweries. We get to hear more stories and then share them with you.
0: And remember, also check out our YouTube channel. Uh, Jeff and I joined forces with author Ryan Wolt to discuss books over beer, and that is called I Like Beer, the podcast on YouTube. Or as Ryan calls it, uh, The YouTubes. The YouTube, that's right. The YouTube. Speaking of beer, let's have a beer, boys. All right, it's time.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, doctor, for grabbing beers this week.
4: That's right. I swung by one of our favorite breweries down in San Diego, Coronado Brewing, and I picked up a, a new one. I couldn't resist just because of that can, but, uh, and the beer is pretty, uh, I snuck one before I gave them to you. So <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let you surprise the guests with your tasting notes, but I got us bigger boat in honor of Jaws. Sorry, <laughs> Colin, Jake, next time you I ah, Jake, if I would have known you, right, I could drop one by your house, but oh well.
1: <laughs> and doc, is this the great white on the can?
4: Yes, that is the great white on the can.
1: It's art by Jack Stricker Art, and it, it's a fantastic. I'll, I'll put it out on Instagram to see the picture. This is the Bigger Boat Hazy IPA from our friends over there at Coronado. Mark Tyson, head brewer. Uh, Rick Chapman, the owner, invited us on his boat, which I, will, I have not forgotten. This hazy is a little different. It's raspberries, blueberries, vanilla, and lactose. Thoughts on this beer, Talon?
0: I think, first of all, I don't know about you guys, but the color of it is pretty amazing because if you can see almost like the fruit in the color of it, it looks almost like a, a like a like a fruit cocktail type of a, um you know, which is not a normal on a on what you think of for a hazy IPA. It looks more like a, a, a sour. It does. You know, smelling it too, you can kind of pick up a lot of the. I think it's that that's the vanilla. I can pick up some vanilla. Super unique taste. And, it's, and it, I'll be honest with you, the first time the, my first taste of it, I was kind of go, I don't know. what. And then as I have more and more of it, it's really starting to grow on me. I I, I really actually am, am liking it. It is very unique.
1: I like the raspberry up front and the blueberry uh, on the back end. It just has a tinge of kind of a funk bitterness that that kind of scales it back to a four from a four to five or so for me for I put a maybe. four
0: initially on it. That's exactly what I had on it. So yeah. I think it's interesting. I wonder what it, like the lactose it usually tends to smooth things out. So it'd be amazing how much bitterness you'd have if without the lactose. Right. That's one of the
1: things uh, Mark Tyson told us. He said, they're going to go big and bold and take some risks with their beers. So yeah. I know I'm not supposed to be name dropping. I was told, Jeff, yeah. you don't have to name drop, but I'm doing Thank it anyway. You. you know who told me that? Sir Patrick Stewart. <laughs>
0: No, it's very good. I, I like it. Super unique beer, and uh, I, I'm assuming the way the the way the can is and stuff that maybe this is part of their art series as well. They did a great job with it.
5: What do you think of it, Tom? Yeah, you guys hit it right on the head there. Actually, when I first poured it out, I saw the color and I'm going, "Oh, did this beer go bad?" <laughs> you know, because it was just a, a unique color. But then I smelled it and I'm like, "Ooh, fruity," and took a couple swigs of it, and the raspberry just popped right out. And it was definitely fresh. You can tell uh, that this was within the last week or so. So thanks, Doc, for bringing it up here.
0: This is a Juicy Hazy with a capital J. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm liking it more and more.
5: Jeff hit it right on the head with that little bitterness bite at the back end. It's there, but I think the lactose just kills it just enough so you can tolerate it. Uh, And then there's that little hint of vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. Producer Joe's not here, but Colin and Jake... I'm
1: hoping he told you to have a beer open and ready. What are you guys drinking?
0: They're ready.
2: I'll go first, Colin. In honor of the uh, hopeful San Diego Padres next season, we are drinking the Ballast Point Swingin' Fryer Ale. Nice. And I wish I could describe beer like you guys. (laughs) 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 You just (laughs) say it's good? It's It's good.
0: good. (laughs) good. There you go. (laughs) I enjoy it. That's fantastic.
4: Would you have another
2: one? That's the question. I this is the second one. I there you go. So it's good. <laughs>
1: you don't have to be as good as me. You know who told me that? Sir Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, what are you drinking?
3: Yeah. So in preparation for this uh, distinguished event, I went over to my local AGB and picked up a bunch of beers from the uh, craft section. Probably not going to get to all of them tonight. First one I found was a seasonal strawberry blonde from Carbuck brewing company local in texas uh it's called their strawberry fields uh, and i already finished that one very tasty would recommend i'm a sucker for anything strawberry so uh, i'll have to send some out your way i doubt they're distributing in san diego right now but i've moved on to the buckle bunny from eureka heights which is called uh it's a getting lucky cream ale um, so i don't know how that <laughs> differs from most cream ales but this one will uh, get you lucky so
1: That sounds like a beer that could be on beer or not a beer.
0: And I also, I'm going to say right now, an early one for a beersy for best beer name, the Buckle Bunny. That is uh, really, because that's a rodeo. That's a rodeo thing. We wouldn't really understand that out Ah. here. Uh, But the Buckle Bunnies are the girls that kind of follow the uh, rodeo stars. They're Buckle Bunnies. uh,
1: Uh, Read the rest mm, of that that name there, Colin. Reread that. Buckle Bunny what?
3: It's the Buckle Bunny Getting Lucky Cream Ale yeah Again, I don't,
0: I, it's a it's I, a great that's a great name
3: i think getting lucky cream ale could be the name itself yeah but that's right it's not so i don't know um but yeah
1: excellent and colin i see you already signed up for the newsletter
3: i did just as as yours i thought i had already signed up back in the day but i never got the uh the first installment so figured might as well go for it a second
0: time you're in now exciting that's cool we promise not to sell your information <laughs> 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 to anyone that matters.
1: Yes. Not until you're in the NFL. No promise for Jake.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and so let me ask you guys a question, a couple questions here. Cause we, we just got a little bit of here is what are, I think Colin already alluded to it. He sucker, but what are some of your beer preferences, Colin? What are your go-to styles? Your go-to styles right now?
3: My go-to, I would say I've always been a big pale ale guy. Um, I like if, I see it as kind of the the medium ground between the lighter, you know, blondes and ales and the IPAs. Um, So like my favorite beer is is 394 from Alesmith, uh, friends of the podcast. And then recently I've been trying to get more into IPAs and hazies. uh, So drinking a lot of those. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'll try anything once. um, Nice. As as doctor told me back in the day. So, uh,
0: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And Jake, how about you?
2: Yeah, I would say I'm relatively similar to Colin on that spectrum, maybe a little bit lighter. I like a little bit more of the blondes. I did have a 394 yesterday with my dad after golfing. It's solid, but anything on the lighter side kind of straying away from IPAs. I'm, I don't know. I'm still a virgin to IPAs. I can't handle them sometimes. <laughs>
0: Me neither. I don't have so that's my okay.
2: ears on me like you guys. Okay, there you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I get in my moods where I like them, and then other times, like, I just don't want to drink anymore of that. I don't. I want to really? be able to keep my taste buds and and be able to have multiple beers and not just drink one and be done. So yeah, and take a nap after it. There you go. So a couple of a couple of questions for you guys, just to take you back here, because I know you got we got to we got to appeal to the younger crowd here a little tonight. So uh, we'll start with you this time, Jake. Let's go back to college many many years ago there for you guys and what were some of your college beer drinking preferences and then how have your beer preferences changed since then?
2: Well this could kind of segue into one of my poor one outs in terms of this Colin might know what I'm talking about there there's a spot right next to Stanford called Ernie's liquor store and we would always go pick stuff up over there and uh, I think natural light was a common there for all the beer games that we were playing and beer dye. And then I, I'm a sucker for Corona too. If I just go out somewhere, I'll probably just grab one of those. It's easy and goes down fast.
0: So nice Mexican loggers. I like that one yeah. And then uh, Colin, how about you?
3: Yeah, for me, uh, it's whatever's the cheapest so you know,
0: <laughs> So you're the same as me.
3: The, the idea is to get there as fast as you can without breaking the bank. So uh, what, we'd walk into Ernie's, go to go to the back fridge and check check the price tag i wasn't looking at you know any any sort of fancy beer or what what kind how is this brewed nothing like that it's purely price tag for me
0: that sounds like the college uh mantra for buying beer right there that's the right. so so how now that you are um a much more mature drinker how have your cha- beer preferences changed i mean you just went to the heb and obviously you didn't go to the the cheap cooler in the back but you went to the craft section uh, do you find yourself doing that still, or do you go kind of to both?
2: Well, there's kind of a stigma with natural light when, after you turn 22, you're, you get looked at funny when you, <laughs> you're walking out with that. So I'd feel embarrassed if I walked out with that now. Yeah, I did go into the craft section at Vons yesterday and just looking at a bunch of different stuff. And I think the label more than anything is what I'm, I'm choosing off of right now. And I saw this and couldn't resist. Yeah, you can't yeah, resist yeah. that one.
0: So h- have you had a, an opportunity to check out the, the Massachusetts uh, beer scene at all? Or, I mean, obviously you're in season, so maybe that's tough.
2: A little bit. I mean, it's kind of a, a generic Massachusetts brand, but did you guys see the, how Sam Adams took over the Super Bowl ads? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That was pretty funny. So and that's that's a Massachusetts beer. But other than that, not too much so far. All right.
0: Something to work on. And, you it know, is. Uh, and you're in and your downtime. Yeah, in yeah. your downtime. Well, you guys gotta it, come
2: visit then. Come out to a Pats game. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. We'll do a podcast from the road. There we go.
1: I like it. <laughs> I would love to come out to a new New England Patriots game where there's a lot of punting.
0: hundred <laughs> I'm in. And then Colin, what about you with the Houston beer scene? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously you guys are coming from San Diego, and what, what's your what's your take on the Houston beer scene? You you just shouted out a couple of locals. Any favorites?
3: Yeah, it's, it's great. Tons of beer, tons of breweries. Um, and Houston's kind of funky because there's inner Houston, which is, you know, all around downtown within, say, 20 minutes. And then there's the extended and greater Houston, which is pretty much an hour any direction. So if you want to encompass, you know, all of Houston, who knows how many breweries are there. It's not, not on San Diego's level by any means, but uh, they're on their way. So yeah, I'm a big fan of the spots I've been to. Eureka Heights, great. Carbock and St. Arnold, two other really good spots with great restaurants. Um, Baleson Brewing is is nearby, right next to Rice. Platypus Brewing, also a good spot. So yeah, I mean, there's plenty that I that I haven't been to, uh, but always uh, always ready to try some more.
0: I like the Baleson. They have the beer there, the Intellectual Brutality, uh, which I think mm-hmm. is pretty awesome because that's tied in with- Partnership with, with Rice. With Partnership with Rice Football, um, and which also was something that Stanford had uh, because uh, Coach Bloom was at both, you know, both places, so I think that's pretty cool. But yeah, Brew B R E W, uh, intellectual brutality, which is a pretty cool name for a beer. Another maybe early, early nominee for a beerzy.
3: I will say my my favorite part about Texas and Texas beer is that no matter where I go, they have they have Shiner on tap or Shiner bottles. So that's become my go-to. Um, kind of like Jake goes to Corona, I just I'll grab a Shiner any bar I go to. So.
0: You know, the other thing I really do like a lot about Texas is you go in there and it'll be Shiner and it's like three bucks for a bottle. Definitely their pricing is really nice on their beers when you go to a, uh, to a bar or a, a restaurant. Yeah, I've learned that
3: buckets are a big thing here. So you get a bucket of like six beers for 15 bucks and uh, there's the rest of your night right there. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, it sounds like we all have a little beer still in hand. So let's get to it. It's time for Toast. Roast and pour one out. Thank you, Maestro. Well, I think our guests should go first if they have a toast. Jake, you have a toast?
2: Yep, I got I got all three. Um, I'll just go for oh, toast right now. I'm guessing, right? Just yeah, the toast. Give us your toast. So I got two toasts. Um, to start off, my former teammate, I'm going to toast Tom Brady to having seven Super Bowl wins. And uh, he actually has five Super Bowl MVPs, Jeez. which is more than any other NFL player has had Super Bowl wins. Wow. Specifically, like quarterbacks. Like Joe Montana has only had four wins. Yeah. He has five MVPs.
0: Yeah, that's insane. So that's pretty
2: special. And then the next toast is... Elon Musk, over the last two months, has been on a tear. He was just named the wealthiest man in the world recently. And then after that, he has developed some new models for Teslas that are coming out soon, late 2021. And then he decided to put $1.5 billion of cash he had on hand into Bitcoin. And overnight, he turned that into more money than he has made in Tesla in 2021. Overnight, <laughs> <That's> crazy.
0: <laughs> so you're saying he's wow. a good businessman, but they also take some money to make money. It's crazy. Yeah. Took a lot that's, of money to make that. That's much Im- money. That's impressive, though. So, and and cryptocurrency. Here you go, guys. At <laughs> eh, 1.5 billion.
1: As school teachers, this is where we're just too conservative. I'm just sitting on my 1.5 billion, afraid to to make yeah, to, bold moves <laughs> like yeah. that.
0: Plus, I think at some point in this next year, we need to release the ILB coin. I think that's coming out. That's one of the next cryptocurrencies, ILB coin. Yeah. Kind of like the Dogecoin right now. Compete with Dogecoin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Talent. I see you're
1: up here for a toast.
0: Yeah, I'm going to try and get this in real quick because I fear it might be taken. Um, I'm going to go, you know, you guys may have heard of this. Another local football legend, Alex Smith, NFL comeback player of the year. Really? (laughs) Sorry, Tom. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you had to steal my thunder. Sorry, Tom. Oh, and Tom made yeah. that beautiful poster that's hanging
0: behind yeah, I know. Yes.
3: <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, though, Alex Smith was not unanimously the NFL comeback player of the year. One writer voted for Ben Roethlisberger. So he got 49 yeah. of 50 votes.
0: That's actually uh, kind of uh, sad. You should actually so – that, t- That's that your roast, be a roast right now. That's yeah, your yeah, roast yeah, for you that go. writer. That's your roast. Because to be honest you don't with you, anyone that, that's followed anything – how you could not vote for Alex Smith is crazy and they will have to answer to Tom later. Right. <laughs> right. Bring it.
1: Just Tom bring is it. coming for you. So that just got talent off the hook. You're safe now. Yeah, thank you, you can Whew. sleep well tonight because Tom's got yes. some, some
5: research some... to do. Yeah. Wow. Wow. He must be a Steelers fan at heart or something. Something voted like that. for him. Tom, you got a toast. Yeah. After uh, talent stole my thunder here, I'm going to continue down the NFL side with a couple more quick hits. Uh, I wanted to toast Sarah Thomas. For those of you who are wondering who Sarah Thomas is, well, if you watched the Super Bowl the other day, you may have noticed a woman as an official on the field the other day. Well, she became the NFL's first female official at the Super Bowl. So toast to Sarah Thomas, congratulations for her. Way to be a, a trendsetter. And then the other one I have is for Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, And this was brought to my attention on a tweet by Ryan Clark, a former safety. He pointed out that Bruce Arians put together quite a diversified staff, coaching staff there in Tampa Bay. You figure you have offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong, and assistant head coach and run game coordinator Harold Goodwin. They're all black. But to take it a step further, there's also two women on this coaching staff, Assistant Defensive Line Coach, Lori Locust, and Assistant Strength and Conditioning Coach, Morel Javadjifar.
0: Well pronounced. That was good. Like a natural. Yeah. Sound like a native.
5: Thank you. Thank you. So kudos to Bruce Arians for hiring for the talent.
0: Well said.
1: Speaking of, uh, of talent, with Sarah Thomas, I was just kind of just staring in disbelief as Jim Nance and Tony Romo pointed her out on the sideline and and kept saying, So talented. She's so talented. Just a <laughs> just a real talent, very talented. And like, would they say that of a male referee? At any point, would they say, you know why he's here? So much talent.
0: Hey, but they would talk about Ed Hockley's guns. They would t- spend a yeah, lot of yes, time talking yeah. about I mean that guy spent a little time in the weight room.
1: Or how well they're respected they are, or their accuracy, yeah. or how they've earned their spot there. But you no, know, they just so talented. they were trying they're doing the best they can with what they have is what i'm going to go with doc you're up here for a toast
4: i am you know it's not it's pretty rare but this is kind of a roast toast or toast roast First of all, you know, no one likes streakers, especially male streakers in pink thongs, right? You know, so you guys saw there was a streaker at the Super Bowl. No one likes that. No protection either. No mask, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, he interrupts the game. We don't want to see that. So that's the roast part. But the toast part, this guy, Yuri Andrade, somehow found found someone who would give 750 to one odds uh, he bet $50,000 that there would be a streaker. And then he hired his friend to go out and be a decoy and run on the field. And then he ran out and sh- streaked. And <laughs> after paying, a th- and it was arrested, after paying $1,000 to get out of jail, he was left with $374,000 in profit for streaking during the Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: That's pretty brilliant. There you go. I have a question. Do you say that he streaked or did he struck? I don't. I don't know. Oh, he streaked. I, I, he streaked. Okay. I don't. He know. Just got to get a clarification on that. So his fifty thousand dollars. Now people are saying, is that really
4: legal if he bets on himself and he interferes with the process? So uh, we I'll shall
0: see. He, it. he collects. We'll see. That's just good yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. That's good business. If he placed
1: that bet in Vegas, I'm sure he's not getting paid. <laughs> Right. They no, no ways around these sort of things. Or
0: he might get a visit. He, he, or he may he not said, be there to
1: collect.
4: It says he sent someone to Vegas to to uh, place the prop bet at a sports book. He didn't
0: identify which one, but there you go. But then he advertised afterwards. Probably not the smartest thing. Yeah,
1: right. no. he need to keep his right. mouth shut. He's going to be able a poor yeah. one out by betting two
5: weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. I'm going to get in on the toast as well. This go, Because it's a timely one. It just passed, so we missed our opportunity. But Kentucky Animal Shelter was raising funds by reaching out to the brokenhearted. They were offering jilted lovers a chance to have uh, cats do their business on the names of exes. <laughs> Lexington Humane Society. Donors pay $10 to get retribution for their broken hearts and have their ex Ex's names inscribed on the inside of a litter box used by the shelter's cats and video recorded. Our adoptable kitties have your back and will dump all over your ex. Was their uh, Facebook post? <laughs> they said cats can be spiteful creatures and trust us, they're more than happy to take a number two on your former number one. Nice. This was called the Dumps for the Dumped uh, Fun <laughs> uh, Campaign. <laughs> And they got a lot of use going into Valentine's Day. So I'm toasting the creativity of the Kentucky Animal Shelter and their Dumps for the Dump program. And that takes us into the roast. Jake, you said you've got one of each, so you're up for
2: a roast. Okay, I'm going to keep it young once again because you said the we're Colin and I are attracting the young viewers there you go. Uh, if you guys watched Rough and Rowdy,
1: so many, so many.
2: Rough and Rowdy the other night, there there was a fight between the part of my take intern Billy Football <laughs> and <laughs> former Major League Baseball player Jose Canseco. That was a big time fight. Wow, a lot of people came watch, and Barstool Sports paid him a pretty penny, like before the fight started, and then after the fight if he won, they were going to pay him double what they paid him before the fight. And he went in there and lasted all of like six or seven seconds. <laughs> I think he went in there with a, a hurt shoulder and kind of fleeced Barstool Sports for like 250 G's just off that or something like that. So that's the roast for just poor sportsmanship.
0: Yeah. But you could have toasted Billy football for, you know, coming in big on that one. So that was good. <laughs> <Could> have. <laughs>
1: I've got a roast and I've got to apologize to doc for this, but I I saw it and it just reminded me of a wild thing. And I thought it needed to be brought up because we have established ourselves as an anti-bullying podcast. True. From the very beginning, right? Yeah. Recent study from the ecological society of America shows that octopuses or octopi doc said, you can say it either way. Okay. will just punch fish for no reason. It's been caught on (laughs) film. That's just mean. Yeah. Uh, they joined a school of fish, groupers usually, and then they just start punching the fish for fun. Researcher Eduardo Sampaio says he started laughing so hard he almost spit out his regulator because it was clear that <laughs> the octopus has had a sense of humor and were just bullying the fish for fun. And that's wrong. That is right. And we here at ILB have a longstanding commitment to saying that is to standing up, being brave enough to say that's wrong. So we have celebrated all things octopi in the past, but today you get roasted.
0: That's right. We'll call it out. That sounds like a middle school right there. Middle school for fish and, and octopus. Yeah. It's not good. Well, octopus only live, what, five years, Doc?
4: Oh, yeah. Just a few years. Exactly. Not even so, that.
1: So w- when are they middle school age? Like at 11 months? <laughs> about,
4: about yeah, about half a year old.
1: I'm guessing that's that's when this has happened. That's probably. It's just a, Yeah. That's, that's right. Just a guess. I have probably a lack of guidance,
0: lack of guidance, lack of parental guidance as well. And yeah, probably a poor education system. I think you playing too many video it. games. Yeah. Probably way too much screen time.
2: You guys sound like a bunch of teachers. Oh, <laughs> 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 who
1: would have thought? Uh, we're off to pores. So Colin, you're going to start us off with pores.
3: Yeah. All right. I'll pour one out for the Houston rodeo. So Uh-oh. sadly the Houston rodeo is a, a staple of the springtime in Houston, uh, massive event similar to your Del Mar County fair, if you will, uh, but with a lot more animals and livestock. Um, there's, you know, uh, bull riding, a lot of different activities with the cowboys uh, and the little cow kids. Buckle bunnies.
0: Yeah, no buckle
3: bunnies. Buckle bunnies. Yep. They're out there in force <laughs> trying to snag themselves a cowboy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so after, after being canceled last March uh, in wake of, covid uh they postponed the 2021 houston rodeo to may and then just this last week ended up canceling it altogether again uh so it'll be back-to-back years of basically no houston rodeo That's terrible. Uh, and the part that i'm most sad about other than watching bull riding and, and such is uh there's a great concert lineup every year a bunch of people play at nrg the houston texan stadium tickets are like 20 bucks so i was really looking forward to that a lot of good country music um, but it looks like I'll we'll have to wait another year for that, assuming COVID doesn't cancel the 2022 uh, Houston Rodeo.
1: Fingers crossed.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Jake, you've got a poor one out.
2: Yeah. And I alluded to it earlier. It's a legendary establishment over at Stanford University. Uh, they just recently closed because they were selling to underage. What? drinkers
5: <laughs> oh. Ernie's.
2: So, Ernie's liquor store oh, over at Stanford University oh. just closed so it's too bad
3: and not just not just underage drinkers 15 year olds that was, was the, it 15 straw that the straw that broke the camel's back. So that's the <laughs> line. That's the line. Olds.
0: That's the line. I guess. So you
2: can't you can't play football in Santa Clara County, and evidently you also can't drink beer at 15 in Santa Clara County. Yeah. But 16, you're good. And
1: talent, you've got some pores for us.
0: Yeah, I've got two. Um, so the first one is I'm sorry, guys, because I'm as excited about this upcoming um, MLB season as anybody. Um, But I'm pouring one out for Slam Diego. Uh, Recently, actually last week, Major League Baseball sent out a memo to all front offices saying, hey, we're going to make some changes to the baseball. And what their intent is, is they're going to deaden the ball. So basically, they're going to what they're going to do here without getting too technical. They're going to loosen the tension of the first wool winding, which will reduce the weight of the ball. And so then there will be a decrease in the bounciness of the ball. So what does that mean? Less home runs. And I think really this is something that they're doing to combat Slam Diego. Because right now, San Diego, hands down, has their best team ever. I mean, their spot in the World Series is almost a given at this point.
1: The last thing baseball needs is more excitement, more runs being scored, more cheering.
0: I think they sat and watched Fernando Tatis last year and they said, what can we do to make everyone else not want to quit? And so they're going to try and deaden the ball. And and so that, that they can keep Tatis and Machado and, and check and, and make everyone else in the league look human, right? So that's kind of sad. Sounds a little like Deflate Gate. It does yeah. sound like Deflate Gate. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. I didn't want to say that, but uh right. you can say that. But
3: the MLB also eliminated the universal designated hitter. So they're really coming at Slam Diego. Yeah. With that and I think you can just pour one out for the MLB because they really don't want to see uh any more people watching their sport.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) apparently no one wants San Diego to ever win any championship. So that's, that's just where we're going. So, and then my second poor one out, you guys probably didn't see this one, but, um, you know, first it was toilet paper, Lysol cleaning products. Now the pandemic is coming for grape nuts. Um, so apparently, uh, there's some supply chain constraints and there's a major grape nut shortage. Uh, more people are eating breakfast at home. It's created a run on cereal. Um, And so it's really hard to get grape nuts right now. They are saying, hey, be patient. Grape nuts are coming. However, ironically, if you look on the grape nuts website, you know that grape nuts are made with wheat and barley and there aren't any grapes or nuts in them. I thought that was kind of interesting. So anyway, sorry about that. There must be gravel in there somewhere. Uh, Yeah, because it breaks your freaking teeth, that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so we're uh, pouring one out. Uh, No grape nuts right now. Sorry, guys, if you're a big grape nut fan.
1: Well, I can tell, I can hear the the popping. I know people need a second beer. So let me wrap this up. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Toast, Roast, and Pour One Out. Who opened a beer? I heard a beer open. Who's got a beer? Uh- tell me what it is. And while you talk, I'm going to grab a beer.
3: I did open a beer. My my next one of the night is called Be Someone Honey Wheat. Uh, it's by 11 Below Brewing, another Houston staple. Um, and I'm a big fan uh, of honey beers. Uh, one of my favorite beers is Miso Honey from Belching Beaver. But sadly, I can't get that out in Houston.
0: <laughs> uh, sadly, honey. I can't get... <laughs>
4: That's what the bunny, That's what the buckle bunny said.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. You yeah. put those two yeah. together
0: and it's magic. That's very good. Actually, this last week, and I had some of the Drink This or Bees Will Die. I agree. It's Honey and beer is fantastic. It's a great uh, additive to any beer. I opened up a, a Coronado. I opened up a boat beer to keep with our theme of a bigger boat, but now I just opened up Salty Crew, kind of in honor of this crew here tonight. And, you know, it's funny. This is, again, at Coronado. I think they made this with... Um, we When we were down there, we talked to them, and they made this in conjunction with Salty Crew, and it's a it's just a great beer. It's a great uh, Blondale, super light drinking. I know, Jake, you say you like a light, kind of a lighter. This is a beer you should try. Salt Coronado Salty Crew, I think you'd really enjoy it. Super uh, tasty, and it's one of those ones where it's very light and just a, a good, easy drinking beer.
3: I'll check it out. They should have called it Salty Brew.
0: Yeah, I followed
1: suit. Same thing, Talent. Oh, no, did you? Okay, very good. All Jeffs think alike and think correctly. <laughs> Except for the Dommers and the Sessions. Yeah. You guys got to stop that. You really have to stop that.
0: Or the Geofs.
1: <laughs> the Geofs. No, uh-huh. Geofs uh-huh. don't count. Uh-huh. Doc, what are you drinking there, or did I miss it?
4: No, I actually, believe it or not, trifecta i'm drinking a salty crew so there you go (laughs) impressive (laughs) Impressive. (laughs) Impressive. oh yeah
5: okay now it's a teacher thing right yeah that's right it helps
4: that i just delivered salty crew to everybody today so there you go
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it is really good it's they call it a boat beer uh because they wanted to make a beer that you could drink while you're out on a boat and this is definitely a uh, it's it's they did a great job with this one i hadn't had one in a while and then you you brought me one and it's like wow you know you kind of forget
1: specifically rick chapman owner of coronado brewing yeah boat And there I go, name dropping again. Jeff, you really don't have to
2: do that.
4: (laughs) So, Jake, did you open up another Alesmith or you got a...
2: Yeah, I got two more to go. So, we'll see. I don't know how long this podcast runs, but... (laughs) Oh, (laughs) two more beers, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) Apparently, yeah.
0: Apparently, we either have... You have to drink quicker or we have to talk longer. I don't know. We're going to figure it out. And, Tom, what do you got?
5: Well... Uh, I, I went a little different than you guys. I went into uh, the beer fridge and pulled out a Lining Kugels Snow Drift Vanilla Porter. And I know I dropped one off to uh, Jeff the other day. Uh, this is a pretty solid beer for you guys who like porters and a little bit of touch of vanilla. I shared that with Talent.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, we had it because
1: I'm a giver. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a giver when other people give me stuff, apparently. Tom gave it to me and I shared with Talent. Yeah, that was good. Well, we've got to move on here, and we've got some questions for Jake and Colin, for our guests here. Special teams questions. Talent, you want to start us off?
0: All right. So I'm going to, you guys have kind of talked about what you drank in in uh, in college, the Natty Light and the cheapest beer you could find in the back of Ernie's. And so I guess R. I. My, my question, yeah, RIP, sorry. And um, R. P. here's one, it's a question we ask all of our guests. Uh, I'll start with you, uh, Colin. What was your kind of first wow beer? So if you move in off of that, say, wow, I didn't realize beer didn't have to just taste like watered down Natty Light.
3: Well, that's assuming that I didn't already love Natty Light. <laughs> uh, and while I do love a good light beer, a cheap light beer, uh, I'd say Cali Creamin was my first beer that really was like, wow, because it doesn't even taste like beer. It's more of a, a cream soda than a beer. Um but you're still, you know, uh, getting
0: drunk. So that's, that's the goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's Cali Creeman is a great call.
5: Just a little faster than you're used to.
3: Exactly.
0: Yeah. How about you, Jake? What was your first wild beer? I don't know if it's the first wild
2: beer, but it was probably the, the biggest wow for me was the unnamed Jeff special that he cooked up for us. I think it was last year or two years ago.
3: It was, oh, yeah. I like beer, the Porter.
2: Oh, I like beer. The, of the porter. I oh, like beer. Good. The porter. Okay. I guess good. it isn't unnamed. Yes, that was solid though. One of my yeah. favorites. Oh,
0: very good. Yeah. I'll have wow. to get you some. I like beer. The blonde. I have some. I like beer. The blonde right now, and and I'm, my goal is here in a, another week or so. I'm going to brew. I like beer. The strawberry blonde. That's the goal. So we'll have hey, to see so. how, how that plays out. So we'll try and get you some. All right,
4: hey guys. So when you're not playing football or drinking beers, what are you guys doing?
2: I had a busy day out here. I started off the day going to physical therapy just to make sure I was, it's kind of my work in the off season is just making sure my body's right. And then I went surfing threw on the wetsuit and went surfing for a little bit and then went to the driving range. So that's what my days consisted of so nice. far.
4: That sounds
0: good. Tough, tough day. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and Colin, what do you doing when you're not uh, playing football and having beer?
3: Yeah, well, since I'm still in college, I've got class, which sucks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm spending a lot of time uh, doing my homework and preparing for for class each week. Uh, outside of my my responsibilities of school and football, I like to play golf as well. Um, Jake and I enjoy hitting the links every once in a while. We used to do that a lot back at Stanford. Uh, and then when I have any other free time, I like to uh, read. For fun and uh, play guitar. Nice. Nice.
1: You got to join the I Like Beer, the Book Club.
3: <laughs> yeah, I might have to.
1: Half your family's in the club. Come on in.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, Jake and Colin, we are the most pro special teams podcast in the world. You heard it here first. So we ask this next question with all due respect. What do you say when you hear people say kickers aren't? football players and, and and that's actually been said i'm not even gonna say who said it on this podcast <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure i'm just gonna throw this in here on our first fantasy football uh beer draft uh someone who will shall not be named when they put that together uh sours were kickers because they weren't real beers so just <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna say who but that's where we were with that
2: I, I would agree. We're kind of more golfers than anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it
2: shows with my off-season activities. I will say I, I did throw my hat in the mix this this year and uh, on a kickoff, Chris Carson on the Seahawks got an edge on our kickoff or kickoff team, and uh, I, I can send you guys the video clip. But he, he got, got the edge, and I was skinning him up on the sideline. And he lowered his head right into my head, and I pushed him out of bounds. But head to head, and then my head hit the floor after that. So you landed. And I I, like rolled around, seeing stars. Got up, but it was (laughs) bad. I'm happy, happy, happily being a golfer out there.
1: I was gonna say, was your your first thought? What is this gonna do to my golf game?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I hope I know how to punt a 50 yard punt now.
1: (laughs) You know how to run towards someone and pretend they blocked you now.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Colin, what do you say to those folks that, uh, they're not giving you the respect or, or according to Jake fully understand what you're out about the out there.
3: Right. Yeah. I just remind them that, you know, kickers are people too. So, uh, words hurt and, and they just need to understand that (laughs) even if they, even if they don't appreciate what we're doing, you know, we, someone's got to do it. So just, you know, try and have a little bit of respect. Um, and yeah, kickers are people too.
2: Of anybody on the football team though, I don't know of any other position players that keeps dumbbells in their dorm rooms, except Colin Riccitelli. So, (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh. You got to look good when you're out there kicking.
4: Besides not having to hit people too often, what's the best part about being a kicker?
3: Uh,
2: I would say the best part about being a kicker is not having a playbook. It That is nice, super, super nice to just show up to work, know you just got to perform at practice, and then kind of just can mentally lock out after that, not not really be engaged. So it's been nice. Colin what about you
3: yeah football wise that's definitely the best thing uh outside of football I would just say chicks dig the long ball so <laughs> being a kicker is really between you and the quarterback you can usually kick it further than the quarterback can throw it so you're getting the hottest chick on the team
4: there you go um,
3: so you know when, when people want to come at us for this or that I just remind <laughs> them chicks dig the long ball
4: Chicks dig yeah uh, yeah the buckle bunnies especially yeah
0: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
3: they don't want any cowboys and they can get a kicker
0: <laughs> nice so um if let's go take that if you weren't a a craftsman of the kicking game um what position would you like to play we'll go with colin first what would you play if you weren't a kicker
3: uh i think i would have would have been a great quarterback um i think i just have the mind for the game i see things before they happen would have been similar to patrick mahomes yeah. uh but
0: <laughs> but the kicking but, uh, game called huh
3: yeah yeah, yeah. I, I had to,
1: i think you're too to humble for guns. that that position yeah.
2: though <laughs> how about you jake well i don't know if i have a few more appearances on this show i i think i might make a pretty sporty mixologist and be a good water boy <laughs> potentially <Nice>. <laughs> 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 played corner in high school but I'm definitely satisfied being kicker and punter. Nice.
0: I think it's worked out well for you. Uh, All right. So, Jake, with that in mind, then, what's more satisfying, landing a kick inside the five-yard line or putting a big hit on a punt return? As in, like, getting a tackle? Yeah, Yeah. like getting a big tackle on Chris Carson and and in the uh, in the punt return. (laughs) I won't use Chris Carson because it sounds like that. But I saw you at Stanford, and I saw you put some hit every once in a while. It wasn't very often, but every once in a while, someone returned it, and I I saw you put a couple hits on guys.
5: Channeling your inner Darren Bennett.
0: Yeah, you know exactly. Every Darren Bennett.
2: Darren was actually the punter that taught me how to do the flip, Aussie punt. So he's helped me out a ton, and he's the that's the punt that goes inside the five yard line. So thanks to him. I mean, it all depends on what gets the team more riled up. And any time a kicker makes a tackle, you can't beat that. Everybody's like, let's go. <laughs> and I, I think you have team momentum for a good five to ten plays after that.
1: Nice. I, I've got a quick follow-up question on that. What What do you wish football fans appreciated about special teams? 'Cause that's usually when we go to the bathroom or we go get a beer. Um, but when oh, we sit no. and watch Come
0: on now. not us. Not most people on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I
1: I know not us. Okay. All right We I'm are sure. your go to special teams podcast. That's
2: right.
0: But
1: for your average fan, what do you wish they appreciated about the the special teams unit and and how they go about their business?
2: Well, I think there's actually a lot of room to grow in terms of like the football broadcasts. If you're gonna talk about special teams Well, for one, golf ratings are skyrocketing during the (laughs) pandemic in terms of people watching it and people playing it. And then, so there's an appetite for slow sports in terms of golf. (laughs) Kicking is kind of a slow sport in terms of that. If you throw a track man out there and you track Harrison Butker's kickoff that goes four and a half seconds in the air or like one of his field goals that's 60 yards and you track it through the air and have a camera angle that can see it. I think people would love to see that. And that might be the future of, of kicking in football.
0: So the technology needs to catch up to the skills of the, uh, the athlete is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's right. I hear that. That's interesting. And Colin,
1: what what do you wish the, uh, the average fan would appreciate about what the special teams do?
3: Yeah, I think the, the difference about, special teams and special teams coaches preach this is that you get one play so whether you're a kicker or punter or whatever you got one shot you don't get three downs to to try and make your 10 yards you get one shot at a field goal one shot at the punt um so it's very do or die and i think it's very easy to look at uh, a guy who might struggle once or twice and say uh you know figure that out but uh you got plenty of other guys who are getting three shots to Get it ten yards down the field. So I think just that that uh, that do or die mentality makes it an interesting kind of roll of the dice play.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point. And you know, the other part I would point to you as part of special teams. We didn't really get into this earlier, but I will right now. Long snapper, shout out Rich. Uh, long snapper yeah. is critical. Friend of the show, Rich is one of the best long snappers I've seen. Yeah,
3: yeah. I'd love to toast Rich McNinsky. I know we're past the segment, but yeah, yeah big big yeah, toast. A that- oh, great a great beer drinker too i would yes. have to say <laughs> yes. one of the yes. best i've ever known <laughs> one yes. of the best well,
0: and i and i think he actually it, 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 the apple does not fall far from the tree as i will say that with rich because the dad is also one of the greatest human beings i've ever met so senior, long snappers highly, is
3: also a good good yes. beer
0: drinker yeah so highly underrated the long snapper as well and we didn't hit on that maybe a, in a future special teams podcast we need to hit the long sna- hit on the lock snapper again because again they get one opportunity one snap that's it and no one ever talks about it when they do it well, but the one time they do it poorly, that's where you know everybody reflects on it. So that's a good point. It's a great point.
1: Yeah. I kind of feel like I might owe Andy Trakus an apology.
0: Yeah. It's a, for, I'm getting there
1: for yeah. men of a certain age that went to San Diego state. I think I True. might have to write a, a, a careful letter of apology to old Andy Trakus. Uh, one, point. one more question here for Jake here. Jake is coach Belichick is warm. Fuzzy and lighthearted as he appears on TV. Is he a hugger?
2: I've never hugged Coach um, <laughs> yet. I will say though, he is a pretty warm and like funny guy outside of the the media and outside of the TV broadcasts that you guys see. Um and I think for good reason, like he loves each one of his players. And I, I think anytime time he, he puts a guy on his team, he, he really means the, and he wants the best for them. And every time he sees one of them succeed, it's, it's, I think it's pretty cool for him. That's good to hear.
1: We have a special segment for you since we have special guests, Jake and Colin. This is a segment we call Special Team Hot Takes.
5: Oh, hot, 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 hot.
1: Talent has collected some quotations and and shared them with me from coaches and athletes. And we want to hear your hot take on these glimpses into the minds of professionals. You guys game?
3: Oh yeah.
2: Let's go.
1: All right, here we go. New Orleans Saints running back George Rogers, when asked about the upcoming season said, I want to rush for a thousand or 1500 yards whichever comes first. And quarterback Cardell Jones of Ohio State University fame said, why should we have to go to class if we came here to play football? We didn't come here to play school. Classes are pointless.
0: All right, so my take on this one for you guys is, what's the most absurd thing you've heard a teammate say, if you can remember that? And if you can't, you can decline as well. Yeah, you can decline as well. But if you can remember anything like that, you guys also went to Stanford, might be a different clientele there.
2: We had C.J. Keller as a teammate, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, oh, wow. I don't think we could say many of those things. On the All board. right. I'm going to ask
0: you, I'm gonna ask you a, backup, a backup question here. What's the most – and, again, you may not want to answer this one either. But what's the most pointless or most useless class you've taken? Ooh, I'm going to –
2: I'll answer that. This is known as the easiest A or one of the easier A's at Stanford. It's called Sleep and Dreams. Um <laughs> it's a class wow that's taught by the guy I'm pretty sure he's still alive Colin I don't I'm not sure I, he was no, teaching he this class away, like, actually Did he Pull really four one out well, for, one out for him real quick but okay four one out but he was old when he was teaching this class and he was the guy that coined the term rem sleep so he he was the guy that actually developed rem sleep and studied that one of the more boring classes I've ever taken it was supposed to be the easiest A. I got a B plus, and <laughs> I've always hated that class since then.
3: Yeah my uh, my freshman year, actually, Jake told me to take Intro to Media Studies with him. Uh, told me it was going to be an easy A, and we walked into one of the most difficult courses of at least my Stanford career. I don't know about yours, but. It was basically a PhD-level class into the theory of communication and how communication medias have changed. And so, yeah, completely worthless to me. And also just not what I was – I was signing up. I was a a freshman in my first quarter looking forward to just gliding through. We were in season. And, uh, yeah, I blame that one on Jake for leading me astray uh, (laughs) into that class. It sucked. Yeah, do not do not miss that course. That's for sure. I don't even remember that, to be honest. <laughs> exactly.
1: All right, we got another one for you. So this time we're going to focus on coaches. Bill Peterson, Florida State football coach, said, Guys, line up alphabetically by height, and you guys pair up in groups of three. Yeah, line up in a circle. <laughs> USC coach John McKay said, We didn't tackle well today, but we made up for it by not blocking. And legendary Notre Dame coach Newt Rockney said the only qualifications for a lineman are to be big and dumb. To be a back, you only have to be
0: dumb. <laughs> so the question here to you guys is what's the craziest thing a coach has said to you or the team? Again, without naming names or you don't, you can decline.
1: Why are you giving them the option to decline?
0: Oh, guys. You give them the- an
2: order. They'd follow it.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point.
2: Colin, you got something?
3: yeah so we had one coach we were out there for it was a summer run so it was the, with a strength and conditioning coach and he was you know talking to the team uh, giving us the lowdown and what we were gonna do and a bee rolls up and lands on his shoulder and one of the guys stops him and says hey there's a bee on you you know watch out and he says you think I'm afraid of a bee and then he started talking about how how bees are the the backbone of our society. And if all of us had the work ethic of a little worker bee, how great of a football team it would be. And so that was easily and meanwhile everyone's trying not to laugh because if you laugh he's gonna kill you. Um and so I think that was easily the greatest coach speech I've ever gotten because it was it was motivational and we wanted to go to work after that and be our little worker bee. But yeah the fact that he took that from a a player trying to stop him from getting stung by a bee and turn it into a motivation. That was just the power of, of that coach's words. I would say.
2: Meanwhile, the bee is still on his shoulder the whole time he was saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Very true.
1: That's great. All right. Got another one here. I can give you the quote first, then I'll give you the uh, context. I'm telling you, man, to be able to stroke it like that must be some kind of feeling. And that was Dick Vitale on J.J. Reddick's three-point shooting.
4: So we're talking about pleasure, boys. In football, of course. What gives you pleasure in football? Besides kicking.
2: <laughs> what a quote, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, Besides kicking, I would say off the field, sinking in a cup, in Beard Eye with my partner Colin Riccatelli would be <laughs> up there. Hell oh, yeah. On the football field, I would say hitting a good punt and then coming off in the sideline. This is a college story, but hitting a good punt, coming off to the sidelines. And then there was a running back on the team, Cam Scarlett. And anytime he would make a good play or I would make a good play, we would both slap each other in the chest as hard as we could oh, and just yell, <laughs> yell at each <laughs> other. And that was, that was like one of my favorite moments of college football right there was that. Nice.
3: Yeah, Jake definitely gets a little bit more juice than I do. I try to keep <laughs> a, a calm, cool, collected head. But yeah, there's there's no better feeling than making a kick. But outside of kicking... Uh, I mean, nothing better than getting a win. The the post-win locker room is fantastic. At Stanford, we had we had an awesome chant that we would do, um, so it was kind of like you know, oh, we won, we get to do this chant. And then at Rice, same kind of deal. So nothing brings you more pleasure than than going out and getting a win.
2: Can you give us a sample of the Rice chant? I haven't been able to hear that <laughs> yet.
3: I think I think that's uh, you got to be in the winning locker room. So maybe if you can. Uh. Get, get some eligibility, we can pull you on as yeah. a punter. It'll be tough competition, but...
2: Yeah, between me and Jack Fox. <laughs> hell yeah. Rice
3: legend.
0: That's true. Mm-hmm.
3: Second team All-Pro.
2: <laughs>
1: that answer's just going to have to hold until Jake gets his hug from Belichick.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: All right, we got one more. One more hot take for you guys. Chicago Cubs outfielder Andre Dawson, who is famous and infamous for quotations. uh, Here's his take on being a role model. I want all them kids to do what I do to look up to me. I want all those kids to copulate me.
4: Oh God. (laughs) 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 Is that something you guys aspire to as pro
2: athletes, Jake? (laughs) Define, define copulate before I answer the question.
4: <laughs> no, no. All right. So what do you aspire to?
1: <laughs>
4: well, uh...
2: I think uh, Colin and I coming from a school like Stanford, you have to carry yourself in a certain manner in the locker room. And I, I kind of aspire to not use words like copulate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what word do you use? lead maybe <laughs> I
0: there know. you go yes nice imitate
1: this has been special teams hot takes with jake and colin <laughs> nice and i hope you guys brought your game face and listeners i hope you've come to play doc
4: welcome to a special teams edition of Beer or Not a Beer. Here's how this game works. Jake, Colin, I'm going to name four beers. Three are real beers, and one I made up. It's very special. First of all, though, for Jake the punter, Jake, why did the football punter finally decide to marry his high school sweetheart? I'm not sure. Here's the real kicker, Jake. She was a fair catch. (laughs) all right and beer number one it's not fair catch beer number one is the real kicker a blonde ale beer number two jake has anyone ever come and tried to block a punt and you kicked him well beer number two is kick him in the pills a pilsner and if you and colin I, i saw someone try to block one of your kicks and you kicked him in the crotch beer number three is flying crotch kick And beer number four is mushroom-picking-ass-kicking Matsutake Ale. Did you get that one? One more time. One more time. It had had kicking in there. Mushroom-picking-ass-kicking Matsutake Ale. So once again, in case you missed it, the four kicking beers in honor of our kickers. Beer number one, the real kicker. Beer number two, kick them in the pills. Beer number three, flying crotch kick. And beer number four, Mushroom-picking, ass-kicking Matsutake Ale. And we're going to go with our guests. Colin, which beer is not a real beer?
3: Uh, I'm going to say it's the Flying Crotch Kick.
4: Flying Crotch Kick. All right. And Jake Bailey, which beer is not a real beer?
2: Do you mind repeating number two? What was the second one? Beer
4: number two is Kick'em in the Pills, a Pilsner.
2: I'm going to go with that one because I I think – I don't think you guys are creative enough to come up with the two posts of that.
4: All right. Kick them in the bills. All right. Sound guy, Tom, which is not a real beer?
5: I think number four is beer. Number two and three are definitely up your creative alley. Excuse me? You heard me. You heard me. Finger it out. But I'm actually going to go with beer number one.
4: The real kicker. The real kicker. All right. And for those of you uh, at home playing along, uh, I've got a new contest. I'm going to start keeping score with all of, the, all of us here, all the boys on the podcast. And if anyone at home plays along and sends in their picks, if you beat the top picker for 2021, we'll send you some beer swag. There you go. All right. So here we go. Influencer.
1: I was going to go with Sleep and Dream Stout.
4: That's not a. That's not a choice.
1: Sure to put you to, no. What about name drop, Porter? Also not one of them. No, that's no. No. Okay, then I'm pretty sure I've had kick them in the pills. I could be totally wrong on that, but I think I've had it. So I'm going to go also go with the. No, I'm going flying crotch, flying crotch, flying kick. crotch kick, and talent.
0: I'm going to go flying crotch kick as well.
4: Flying crotch kick. Okay. Well, we're going to start with beer number four. No one chose mushroom-picking, ass-kicking Matsutake Ale. It is a real beer, Flying Dutchman. It's uh, actually a brewery in Finland. So, you know, since we are an international podcast, I had to give some international breweries there. Nice. And Flying Crotch Kick really is a beer by Belly Love Brewing (laughs) in Virginia. (laughs) Belly (laughs) Lovin'. Belly Love Brewery. And so now we are down to The Real Kicker and Kick them in the Pills kick him in the pills is actually a (laughs) pillster by two brothers brewing in warrenville illinois and the real kicker is i came up with the beer the real kicker so tom score one for tom tom's now got one nice job tom there you go and thank you for joining us for another edition of beer or not a beer
1: Listeners, thank you for spending the hour with us. Thank you, Jake Bailey of the New England Patriots and Colin Riccatelli of the Rice University Owls.
3: Thanks. Thank
2: you, guys.
1: And we hope you've had as much fun as we've had. We're looking forward, listeners, to doing this again in a week. We'd love to keep drinking. Right now, we got to run. B W E W R U N
5: beer run. B W E W R U N beer run. All we need is a ten and a fiver,
3: a car and a key and a sober driver, A-double-A-double-R-U-N, run